It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. We want to keep devices out of bedrooms, in open areas where you can sort of wander past and look over their shoulder and go, oh, what are you doing there? And actually be part of their online world. And now here's the stars of our show... My mum and dad. G'day, it's Justin and Kylie. We're the parents of six kids. We're the founders of happyfamilies.com.au and we're the um, hosts of this podcast, the Happy Families Podcast. <laughs> I nearly forgot who we were and what we were doing for a sec. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, over the last week or so, we've been having big conversations about some really hard topics. And today, maybe a slightly surprising conversation uh, about digital self-harm when we're talking about our children's well-being and their mental health. Something that we don't hear often about is what's going on online, specifically in terms of what kids might be doing to themselves. So today, that's our topic, digital self-harm. There was an article recently published in the Sydney Morning Herald. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. When I first read it, I was just completely bewildered. I couldn't imagine why anybody would actually start writing bad things anonymously about themselves on a public forum. Yes, and and we should just be really clear, that's what digital self-harm is, right? So self-harm is when you hurt yourself. Digital self-harm is when you hurt yourself, but you do it online. So essentially you cyber-bully yourself. You set up anonymous accounts. You say horrible things on your own platform about yourself. Uh, That's the idea of digital self-harm. But then as I continue to read it, it occurred to me that um, there are many people out there who actually do this, like, verbally in front of their friends. We put ourselves down in an effort to have somebody say something nice back to us and to prove us wrong. And so it kind of, it makes sense. It's just, it's a whole nother generation of... Yeah, it's just, it's moved online. Yeah. So, so a recent study from the United States suggests that somewhere between 5 and 9%, which, which is actually surprisingly high, uh, of American teenagers have trolled themselves, like posting mean comments about themselves on their own accounts. But when you look at the level of depression that we see among our young people, our tweens and teens, 5 to 9% is probably not actually that high. That probably makes sense. I'm curious mm-hmm. if this kind of behaviour would be linked to any kind of mental illness or whether or not this is just a teenage trend. Yeah, so, I mean, outside of depression, that's probably the main thing that we're dealing with here. We've got a kid who's not feeling good about themselves. We, we spoke, obviously, about depression yesterday for about 15 to 20 minutes and really went into that quite deeply. Uh, I, I, I did see in, in one of the articles that I read um, – in 2013, there was a, quite a high-profile case of digital self-harm. This was back when Ask.fm, Ask.fm was the big social media site that everyone was losing the plot about. If, for those who missed the memo, Ask.fm was a site where people would jump on and say, tell me the truth, what do you think about me? And people would anonymously post whatever they wanted about this person, and it was, it was troll central. Wasn't that something that's just been recently done? Uh, well, there's there's new platforms coming up all the time where where these kinds of activities occur. But Ask FM was the first big one, and it was directly implicated with the death of a 14 year old girl. She died by suicide. Some of the comments that were made were absolutely horrendous. But after an inquiry, it emerged that 
98% of the messages, the cyberbullying messages at her, were written by her. Oh, my goodness. So she was getting on there and saying, tell me the truth. Be honest with me. The the, the hashtag TBH, to be honest. Let let me know what you really think. Am I pretty or am I this or am I that? 98% of the messages that were directed at her were written by her, which highlights a couple of things. Number one, people actually didn't bully her online so she was so isolated and so lonely. She lacked so much in terms of relationship that nobody was even following her online and bullying her. She was just doing it to herself. She felt that 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 terribly lonely. We know, though, that – and this, this comes from a US study published in Child and Adolescent Mental Health just this July – found that young people who engaged in digital self-harm or cyber self-bullying were more likely to experience suicidal thoughts. So it really is – a concern. We also know that younger kids are more likely to do it to themselves than older kids. So the average age where this really starts to ramp up is somewhere around 13 or 14. By the time kids are 17, 18, they don't seem to be doing it to themselves so much. So it's it's related to maturity and experience. And it's the time where kids are really online reaching, desperate for some kind of recognition. So this is a really tricky one because I want to ask you, how do we know if our kids are engaging in this kind of behavior? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about personal cyberbullying. Yes. They're not being targeted by somebody else. This is actually of their own fruition. So I, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to ask here because how, how do we protect our kids from this kind of behaviour? So there's there's a couple of different ways that we can take it. The first thing that I would say is that if your child is being cyberbullied online, and, and it does happen, we, we see it happening all the time, uh, don't assume that it's them doing it to themselves. I don't think that that's going to be helpful. But look, for, I mean, have a listen to yesterday's podcast and and consider what depression looks like and whether your child is socially isolated and, and at least be mindful that the strategies we talked about in yesterday's podcast can be helpful for your child's well-being. Rather than assuming, though, that your child is doing this to themselves, they're self-harming themselves or, or cyberbullying themselves uh, in a digital sphere, I think what we want to do is just be mindful of the signs that your child could be a target of cyberbullying, whether it's from themselves or from somebody else. So the eSafety Commissioner has on their website five signs that suggest that a child is a target of cyberbullying. And, and I think that they're strong enough that rather than me making up my own, these ones, are, these ones are really good. First off, they appear sad, lonely, angry, worried or upset more than usual. That makes sense. You've got that mood issue. Secondly... Unexpected changes in friendship groups are not wanting to be around people, even friends. So once that social cohesion drops off... an absolute disconnect. mm -hmm. Because we know that what happens offline is reflected online, amplified, accelerated, blown up. It gets bigger. So if if I'm doing really badly offline, I'm going to do pretty badly online as well. They're a mirror of one another. It's just that the online world never leaves you alone. So if there are problems in friendship groups, if there are unexpected changes there, or if your child has suddenly stepped into this socially isolated scenario where the friendship group has disintegrated, or maybe they're just not doing well with friends full stop, then that could suggest that the problems that you're seeing are related to some cyberbullying. Maybe you'll see a child become more withdrawn or anxious. Uh, there may be changes in sleep patterns or they're absolutely secretive about their mobile phone use, what they're doing online. They're all the signs that a child could be the target of cyberbullying. So I want to kind of just take a little bit of a tangent here. If your child has had a, a massive shift in their social relationships, yeah. when as a parent do you step in and should you step in? Uh, yes, yeah, you should, but you don't step in to fix it. You step in to support and then to develop a plan. 
that's really what we're trying to do here. So when we see that, just just like we talked about in yesterday's podcast, when we see that things aren't right, our job is to sit down and say, well, things are really hard right now. That's part of being a human. I'm here. Give me a hug. What do you think we can do? How can we move forward? And we've done this with our own children as they've gone through their own um, crises, including some mental health challenges. We sit down with the kids and we say, this is really tough, isn't it? So is this how you want to stay? Uh, is there anything that you would like to see different? If so, let's work on a plan together. What are the things that we know can help? And so then we put together this plan and we say, well, we're here to support you. So let's do it together. Let's be involved in going for bike rides or going for walks to the beach or uh, do, doing these things that you like to do. Let's do them together to help you to feel connected or let's organize for you to get together with that person because you get along well or do you know what I mean? That's what we do. We make the plan. We get involved. I think from a cyberbullying point of view, though, once again, the eSafety Commissioner gives us some really good hints, tips, and tricks to guide our kids. They suggest that we use parental controls in apps and devices so that we can monitor and limit what our kids are doing online. Now, typically, I'm not a supporter of that idea, but when you've got a child who's being bullied or you've got a child who's psychologically distressed, having an increased level of monitoring with their awareness for their support, I think there's value in that because we can say, hey, we we need to make sure that you're doing okay. We love you no matter what. We care about you no matter what. And this is part of the process so that we can keep you safe. Um, The eSafety Commission also says to make sure you've got appropriate limits around time and use so the kids aren't on their screens in the middle of the night and they're not on their screens incessantly following up on who's saying what about them, where and when. We want to keep devices in, out, out of bedrooms in open areas where you can sort of wander past and look over their shoulder and go, oh, what are you doing there? Uh, you need to have appropriate privacy restrictions so that strangers aren't approaching them in their games and in their apps and all that sort of thing and actually be part of their online world. They're the tips from the eSafety Commission and I think they're pretty handy when it comes to dealing with this issue of whether it's cyberbullying or digital self-harm, some, some really useful ideas to help uh, with our children and their mental health. Well, as we delve into all things mental health, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what tomorrow's podcast has in store for everybody. Yeah, tomorrow we're chatting with a guy called Dave Edwards. He's a fellow who experienced postnatal depression as a dad. So we're going to talk about men's postnatal depression. We talk about how women experience it a lot, and, and that's an important conversation, but something that's a little bit different, the idea of men experiencing postnatal depression. And then tomorrow night, I've got to mention it because it's going to be awesome, Burnt Out, a free webinar, 30 minutes. It's fast it's free and it's for you if you're feeling burnt out over a time. I thought you were about to say furious. <laughs> well, we, no, I'm not going to make it furious, but it's going to be a really fun <laughs> webinar. Only 30 minutes, really short, free, uh, all about how to overcome the burnout that so many parents are experiencing. We've even got a survey that you can do so that you can work out how burnt out you actually are and how that compares to the rest of the population. Burnt out, a free webinar that we're doing tomorrow night on the, oh, I was going to say on the Happy Families podcast, but it's not. You've got to go to happyfamilies.com.au or go to our Facebook page, Dr. Justin Coulson's Happy Families, for all the information. Hey, um, that's it for us today. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rulon from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. And for more information about all the stuff we've talked about today, visit the show notes or happyfamilies.com.au.